Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. There isn't a path. There isn't a route through. There isn't a do these six steps and it will just work. This is a lot of banging your head against a wall until it turns into a door. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech podcast episode shout out goes to Abel Hernandez. Abel Hernandez, thank you so much for engaging with us on the We Are LA Tech Instagram. We appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Abel Hernandez on Instagram at Abel Product. That's A-B-E-L-P-R-O-D-U-C-T. Tell him you found him via We Are LA Tech. Today's personal spot is about how important it is for us to take care of our bodies and our minds and our health when we're so driven and it's so hard because I definitely have destroyed myself over the last couple of weeks. I went from moving and being fit and eating clean and sleeping sufficiently to back to my old ways, which are sleeping three to four hours a night, grabbing whatever sugar or quick food that I can find and uh, not minding myself, sitting at a computer all day long, not even knowing there's an outside that exists. And it's just not good. I feel the dramatic difference between how I was living and how I'm currently living. And I want to switch back to how I was like, I cannot be as an effective leader as I'd like to be if I'm just destroying myself like this. I cannot serve well. I cannot show up well energetically. And so like I'm running on fumes and on adrenaline because everything is so exciting. But if I want to be the best I could be, I mean, it's so cliche, but it's really, I need to take care of myself. So this is just a almost like a personal spot to myself, like get your ish together, <laughs> like go for a walk. Um, I, I know I'm going to make the moves to, uh, to start to transform and that transformation will happen right now. It's happening right now. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Koreatown. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Now, are you originally from LA or did you um, move here? I moved here, but I have now been in LA for uh whew almost 20 years. So I think I'm I'm going native. But I yes, I grew up on the East Coast. And then my family moved out to the West Coast and I moved down to LA. Nice. And why don't you go ahead and kick things off? Give us that formal intro of a little bit about who you are and what you do. 
Sure. Hi, all. I'm Elizabeth. I am the founder of Amorous. Amorous is romance tech for relationships. We're all about the two-player game of romance. How do you have intimacy and pleasure and games and fun with the partner that you know? We are an iOS app available for anyone in the world to come and use. And what inspired your journey in technology? Like, when do you remember first being interested in tech? So I really came to tech from the idea of Amorous. I was a film producer. I've been a film producer for years and years uh, in Los Angeles and made movies and TV pilots and all kinds of things. And then in the pandemic, I was not sheltered with a partner and was using technology to for intimacy and for connection and went looking for tools to help do that didn't find them and said, you know what, I can make something that will do that will work here. And as soon as I had that thought, I said, Oh, wait, okay, I guess that means I'm going to become a tech entrepreneur. Let me go figure I've got the entrepreneur thing. But let me go figure out this tech piece. I mean, being an entrepreneur and a founder is so difficult. Being that both you and I, um, Elizabeth and I have had private conversations about the life of being a producer. I think being a producer makes you the perfect founder <laughs> because I, I was saying yesterday on a podcast episode that I think the definition of a producer is a problem solver. <laughs> so how much has, as I'm talking about this, your production ability come into now being a tech founder? Oh, it happens everywhere. I mean, as a producer, your job is to solve every problem. And to, you know, I like to say that you use preparing to make content, you pre-production, you make 150 plans for what will happen when goes when something goes wrong, only to ensure that in the moment something, you know, one number 175 goes wrong and you don't and then you have to scramble the plans that you made to figure out a new plan to solve whatever's happening. And so you just know how to say, okay, I don't know how to solve that, but how do I break it down? Who do I ask? Where do I go find a solution? And not being intimidated by something you don't know and just being willing to roll up your sleeves and go find a solution is, I think, the essence of entrepreneurship is you are never going to know the answer going in or almost never. The question is, can you quickly and fairly effectively find a solution and implement it and move on to the next thing that's already happening as well. I'm curious, has being in Los Angeles helped propel you as a tech founder? Why build here in LA? Do you think you'd have more advantages if you built somewhere else versus here or is here perfect? I think here is perfect. I have never thought about building anywhere else, I, especially because I'm in the relationships and intimacy space. I think, you know, Snapchat was founded here. There is a huge world of, you know, interpersonal connection and coaching and, in you know, relationships and therapists and all of that. There, There's just like a really, really strong community for that in Los Angeles. And I don't know that I'd find that somewhere else. So for, for the content of what I do, it's amazing. And then in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to actually learn the tech side of Los Angeles. And there are so many extraordinary people, yourself included, who are supporters and builders and investors and operators. Like LA has this incredibly thriving ecosystem. So super excited to be part of it. What can we do to support you? So for me, I the thing that I always want is I want people to try my app. I want them yes. to 
download Amorous. Um, Amorous is a two-player game. So it is all about download it and invite your sexy person to connect with you. And then you can message and you can play games. And we have tools all in this hyper safe, private, encrypted environment so that and we promise we never read, we never share, we never sell your data, your messages are yours. Um, we do look at aggregate data so that I can say things like, you know, the last 30 days, the most popular fantasy swiped was camper van. But I don't know who swiped it. I just know that a bunch of people wanted, had a fantasy about a camper van. Um, but I love people to try the app. I love feedback about the app. I'm pretty accessible on Twitter and uh, we're at Amorous app on all socials. If you have an idea, if you have a thing you wish the app would do, if you're annoyed that it didn't do something, DM me, DM us, tell us about it um, and spread the word. You know, a romance app is the kind of thing that not everybody wants to tell all their friends about, but we love word of mouth. So if you're there and you're uncovering shared fantasies and you're having a good time, uh, show all your friends that you're a sexy, badass goddess and share with them that you're doing this crazy thing. And uh, that and, you know, if you want to tell them that you're supporting a female founder in the process, please. But that's that's the biggest thing. Like, what can we do to make it better and get it out in the world? And we'll, of course, link Amorous and the social hey. in the show notes. But can you spell it for everyone too? just Yes. On the auditory front. Yeah. Thank you. It is A-M-O-R-U-S. So think like Amor and us put together. And you were talking about people using the app, of course, mm -hmm. and you've had a great traction already. Let's talk a little bit about your traction. Where are we at? You are not in ideation stage. You are in the thick of it. Yeah. So we are first version out on the app store. We are currently free to download. Um, full disclosure, we will eventually become subscriptions. So download it now while it's free and you can get in grandfathered. Yeah, we have over 4,000 users, uh, 4,310, I think, as of this morning, uh, in August of 2022. Uh, we have 750 plus monthly active. And the coolest thing, more than 100,000 messages and games played on the app. It has been awesome. And that's in less than a year that we've been out in the world. Uh, and what's also really, really exciting to me is that we have more than 50% 30-day retention, which means basically people come in and they stick around, that they're actually using it. They're actually getting value out of it. You know, a lot of people will download an app and then just be like, ah, I'm not so sure. And then they leave. It's really, really exciting to see that people are using it. I, I'm i not going to lie. Some I check my statistics every single morning as a good tech founder and I will see a big spike and I'll be like, oh, my God, there were people in Pittsburgh and Dubai and the Netherlands. And I don't know. And I don't know them. I really don't know them. I've never met them. And they're spending all this time on my app sending each other I don't know what sexy deliciousness. And it just makes me so happy. <laughs> that is so exciting. Imagine if there were 4,000 people in a room. Like that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. And and that you're the first time tech founder. It's just, it's amazing. What is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome in your career? And how did you overcome it? Mm, good question. Um, I'm curious both in your yeah. career and with with the app so far. It's kind of it's a separate question because in your career, yeah. it could have been something a lot earlier. But I'm curious on yeah. both. 
Well, okay. So I will say like in my career, I, so I have a twisty turny career background. I thought I was going to be a doctor. Uh, my parents are both physicians. And then I decided I wasn't going to be a doctor, but I went and got a master's in public health. And so, and then I worked in healthcare and healthcare marketing for a while and healthcare kind of information tech a little bit, but not, I was not on the engineering side of that. And then my sister, who is a writer director, had this, we had made a short film together. She had this script and we had this project to make a dance movie. And she said, you know, we should make this dance movie. And I was trying to finance it. And it got to the point where it was really clear that I could either have a full-time career in healthcare or I could make a hip hop dance movie with my sister, but I could not so do random. both things. <laughs> um, it was very random. It was actually a very simple conversation. I, I, being much younger and a little bit more naive, I went to my boss and I said, okay, so I want to go make this dance movie. Can you just give me like three months off? And, uh, and then I'll go make this dance like, movie and then I'll come Bye. back. <laughs> and, and he was like, um, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, why are you asking me that? And he was like, this is a company. We are, we don't give sabbaticals. Like you, you, you can take like pregnancy is literally the only sort of long term leave we might offer. Like we don't do just three months off and come back. And I was like, oh, all right, then I quit. And I walked out and that was that. And I quit to go make this movie. And uh, <laughs> then it took so long to make this movie. And I would say that was the big challenge was we put some first financing together. We were going to make it that summer. The financing fell apart. It took me an entire year to put it back wow. together again. I ended up calling. I had a call list of over 1200 people that all of whom I called multiple times and had conversations with in order to find a dozen investors who were the first angel investors in this movie. But we put together a half a million dollars and shot a movie which is called b-girl you can find it on some of the streaming services and you can for sure find the whole thing streaming on youtube and uh it's this really incredible hip-hop dance movie with some of the best break dancers in the world what starring I love in break dancing mm -hmm. yeah the uh i have to watch this you totally have to watch this i mean it's a first feature so there's you know uh it's got its stumbles but i will tell you there's a 12 minute dance sequence like pants off dance off that is the finale of that movie that is one of the best dance movie finales out there like it is extraordinary break dancing being done breaking being done by like the best b-boys and b-girls out there as far as the app i would say the biggest the biggest thing for us which is just an ongoing it's always a challenge is the challenge of intimacy and sexuality is that, you know, we are about people being connected and having finding pleasure with their known partners. And we talk about getting delicious and we talk about fantasies and we want people we want people to engage with intimacy and romance, but th our culture does not love that all the time. And so there's just an ongoing challenge of, you know, we can't advertise most places. We can't, you know, what we can and cannot do and how we have to code switch sometimes. You know, I can't use the word sexting, even though part of what you might do on this app could very easily be described as sexting. You are messaging with your partner about sexy stuff, but that's a word that no, but that, you know, every public space has real problems with. And so the, you know, you can't put it on your website and you can't put it. It's just a really, that's kind of the ongoing 
cultural challenge is we have this we I think we as a society are getting way more sex positive and way more open and we're more informed and aware and inclusive and expansive around gender identity, around relationship structure, around sexuality. But our systems have not necessarily caught up to that. And um, that's something that we are always that's a line we are always navigating. I've mentioned it so many times on this particular episode, being a founder is not easy. And um, you've gotten to know me a lot through my work with We Are LA Tech. And it's very clear that I have a strong why that's beyond capitalism. What is your why in building Amorous? Why put in all those crazy hours and energy and, and your whole thought capacity invested into this app? Uh, why? Actually, I think my why is so much your why, too. It's, I love human connection. I love people. I love the ability to create relationships and vulnerability and intimacy and to see the humanity in other people. And I think there is nothing more empowering than pleasure. There is something so... When you express a desire to a partner and the partner wants that and helps you achieve that, and you have pleasure as a result. It's remarkably, it's like revolutionary. It's And it's incredibly empowering because it says you deserve pleasure in the world. You deserve space. You, like people honor you. People hear you. People want the things that you have to say and express and be in the world. And that's just, we all deserve that that and I want to help people find it like you know sometimes it is finding it in the most delicious moments that then you have the sort of insight oh well then I should be able to find this in all of the other moments too I am deserving of this as I walk through the world in every way shape and form but I'm especially deserving of this with the people that I love most but also I just love like I, I love passion I love sexuality I love these spaces. I love the humanity that is all of us. So I want to share that with as many people as possible. I love the humanity that is all of us. I love that line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's next for you? Where Where would you like Amherst to go? Where would you like you to go in, in being a founder now? Um, are you applying to accelerators? Are you trying to raise money? Like where where what's next? I feel like I'm always applying for some accelerator or another and trying to, to find the people and the institutions that are going to support us on this journey. I'm definitely fundraising. You know, we are wrapping up a first friends and family raise, and I'm about to embark in the next couple of months on kind of the proper venture fundraise process and finding partners who want to be with that and who are really excited about, you know, romance tech and that there is this whole other market after dating, only 30% of us are single, 70% of us are in relationships. And so there's this incredible opportunity there for people to connect with their people for all of their lives. And so, but as I said, the challenge of what we do is that it is intimacy and pleasure. And so finding the people who want to champion that, who are comfortable with that, that's certainly something I'm always doing. So far, we're only iPhone. Uh, part of the fundraise process is to enable us to go to platform and to be able to be Android as well. But right now we are iPhone only or iOS, I should say, iOS only. But yeah, I mean, listen, my my vision, I think we should be on more phones than dating apps. 
there are more people in relationships, we should be on more phones than dating apps. I want a world in which HBO has some sex comedy and they're making a joke and two people stare at a phone and someone goes, oh my God, can you believe they sent that? Do we think we're on Amorous? And the camera never has to show what's on that phone. Everybody watching HBO gets that joke because everybody knows that you have Amorous on your phone. Like you should be a sexy person in the world. So of course you have the app for sexy things. And what you do on that is your own darn business. But like you are a grown up and you believe in pleasure and you have healthy relationships and you are a sexy goddess. So of course you do that with Amorous. Yeah, that's that's my vision. We're going to be more ubiquitous than Tinder. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that the vision is so clear. A couple quick fire questions, but before those, um, you talked a little bit about how to connect with Amorous. How do how do we connect with you? What's the best way? So Twitter is my doom scrolling, I like to say. So I'm I I'm, love Twitter, man. Yeah. I am all up in the Twitter game. <laughs> I I have not yet been able to crack the beast of any of the other social medias into my sort of daily habits, but Twitter is definitely there. So I am Eli- at Elizabeth Dell on Twitter. You can definitely find me there and you can find at Amorous App. A-M-O-R-U-S-A-P-P. Uh, we're that on all of the socials. So that's where you can find me and connect with me easiest. Awesome. What LA Tech resources have you accessed in order to help accelerate Amorous? I've had the opportunity to access some incredible LA Tech resources. The biggest, I would say, is the Lacey Founders Business Accelerator Program. So I was able to participate in that earlier this year. That's LA Clean Tech Incubator. They have an incredible accelerator for uh, underrepresented founders here in Los Angeles. I loved their mentorship program. They help with all kinds of details. It's a no investment, no equity incubator, and they had a fantastic cohort and really, really helpful to connect to LA resources. With your background being in the entertainment business and now being in the tech space, I'm born and raised LA, and I noticed the conversation used to always be screenplays, movies, and all the coffee houses. Now it seems wherever I go, the conversation is always startups and technology. Are you experiencing the same? Well, I feel like I'm experiencing that, but... I don't know that I could separate the fact that I am now going to the spaces where the startups conversations are happening. And also that's, you know, when you have a hammer, all you see is nails. My hammer has changed from being an entertainment hammer to being uh, a, a tech hammer. But I will also say that, you know, it's catch it's catching back up again now. But there was all the entertainment business was just so much in real life, you know, screenings, testing, festivals, you know, the awards shows, so much of that was out in out in the world. And so that a huge part of its sort of physical presence in Los Angeles on, you know, in kind of an, in event spaces and all that has been shut down in the last few years. And we're coming back now, but I think you just see less of it when there aren't openings and premieres happening and people lining up for movie screenings and all those kinds of things happening around you all the time. 100%. And you and I met at the We Are LA Tech coffee gatherings that was a, a pilot run thing that I did just in June for the summer to see if I felt comfortable being around people. Why did you want to go to that? I mean, I, it kind of sounds like a silly question, but me as an introvert, I don't want to go 
anywhere. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to networking things or anything. So why was it worth your time to show up to a coffee thing? And then what kind of, you know, result did you get out of it that, you know, you and I have continued to now do a bunch of stuff together? I mean, first, networking is what I know. It's how I know how to build community and build relationships and build sort of ecosystems. Um, you know, as a film producer, you I like to joke that you network for a living, but that wasn't really a joke. That was, in fact, your job in large part is, you know, how when your job is to solve a problem, one of the main tools you have is a really wide network of people who can help when something is problem, you know when what? there's That's a problem. True. You know that saying like your net worth is your network? I hate that saying and like F you with that saying. However, as a producer, your problem solving abilities is definitely your network. <laughs> yeah, your network matters. And when you're coming new to uh, an entire industry and ecosystem, having people who can help guide you is really essential. And so I very much was looking, you know, and making that transition during the pandemic meant that you were also, you know, on the one hand, could benefit from a lot of the ways that people were open to meet virtually, because this was a new space and a new world order. But also, you know, there's a reason we like to hang with people in real life. It's because body language says a lot and tone of voice says a lot and authenticity and reality and connection happens with bodies in space very easily. And so I was eager to get back out in the world and extremely eager, honestly, to meet you. I had been told by so Stop. many people that Esprit is amazing. And yes, Gosh, I'm absolutely serious. I met I met Rob Ryan really early and he was like, well, you know, Esprit is like the one person that's worth meeting in L.A. I mean, he didn't say it as a bad thing on other people, but he was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I don't know who this Esprit person is, but I have to find a way to connect with her. And then you were like, do you want to come to coffee? And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. She asked me to coffee. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. So it was and it was wonderful. And it was that's, you know, having a way to connect with people and to be in community is is just a thing I love. So I'm a person that does not like to when someone's like, want to go to coffee, I'm like, why do you want to pick my brain for free? Like, why is that an OK thing? You know, and so I'm really allergic to the coffee ask. And somebody was flying into town and, and they messaged me and they said, want to go to coffee? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> and then they said, I'm flying in from Singapore. I'm like, oh fine. Like, you know, like I felt bad. Mm -hmm. And so then a few more people messaged me like, Hey, want to get coffee? I was like, well, if you want to get coffee, I'm already getting coffee with this person. So just join us. That's how the first one started. Right. And so we go to this place. I purposely picked a place close by that was really easy and had this coffee. And then I had this really good time and we gained so much value. And I learned one of the, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I'll tell you offline, Elizabeth, but I learned one of the most amazing growth hacks I had never heard before. I was like, get out. Like, how have I never heard this done before? That is out, an outstanding growth hack. I'll totally tell you when we're not recording. Right. So I'm like, okay, this coffee was, was worth it. So then I'm like, maybe I'll just do it one more time. <laughs> so I did it the following Saturday. I think that first one I had like, let's say it was like 
it was either four or five people, including me. And then the next one was like something like nine people. And then it was like 15 people. And then the last one was 20 something. I was like, what is happening? And I ended up doing them through June each Saturday. And it was a really connective. I call them the coffee gathering series or the coffee. I don't know. I make up all these terms. And then somebody's like, when's the next one? I'm like, no, no, no. That was the drop. It was the limited run. There were only the four. It was in June and energetically, I was like, I'm out. I'm done. That was my artistry. But it was um, really fun, really unexpected, really easygoing. It was great. And I don't think this experience uh, club summer series that I'm creating and that Elizabeth is a part of now would have happened if I hadn't just gone to coffee with, you know, the guy from Singapore who turned out to be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I think we we often tell these narratives of we go do big things and we never tell the narrative of actually, no, we go do a small thing and then we meet a cool person and then we do a thing with them again. And then that turns into another thing. And then in the end, there's a really big thing. But often when you look at the big thing, whether that's the experience series or something, you look behind it and you're like, no, no, there was all of these steps that led up to it. And there was all of these successes that built on successes that got there. And that's, yeah. And, but that's all about like the right people and the right connection and the right community. A hundred percent. The story that I want to share about, about that is um, in September, I'm keynoting with Richard Branson and someone keeps messaging me Amazing. on Instagram. How, how did you do that? How'd you make that happen? I'm like, well, let me tell you the last 10 years of my career. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like there isn't like I didn't just make that happen in like one choice. It was a, a series of probably thousands of tens of thousands of little actions that I've taken my entire career that led to that moment. And part of it is being a podcaster, you know, part of it is um, meeting and ending up having the event organizer of this future event on my podcast because of the Twitter ver you know, it's like, it's just a series of serendipity and hard work. So yeah, I, you know, a lot of times now when I started building my company and in the startup space, startups weren't a thing. They weren't cool. No one cared. It wasn't a thing. It was like an underground world. And it wasn't until now that they're very commercialized that um, that people are like, here's the right way to start a startup. Like, F you. No, like you just have to figure things out. And there is no right or wrong way. And that's what makes it so great and so difficult simultaneously. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite books from childhood is called The Phantom Tollbooth. And in it, there's this boy, Milo, who ends up in this crazy, remarkable world where there are these two princesses who have been captured and imprisoned in a flying castle. And because of that, everything's falling apart. And the princesses are named Rhyme and Reason. And Rhyme and Reason have been removed from the world. And so everything's falling apart. And he keeps being told, you have to go rescue them and restore everything back to normal. And there's another thing, but we can't tell you what the other thing is. And this happens a whole bunch of times. Finally, he rescues them. And then he's with the princesses. And he's like, so what was this other thing? Everyone kept saying, I had to rescue you. And then there was another thing. And they were like, oh, well, it was impossible to rescue us. But if we'd told you that, you never would have done it. And I think of that every time when I think about making movies and I think about entrepreneurship, like it's there isn't a path. There isn't a route through. There isn't a do these six steps and it will just work. It's like 
This is a lot of banging your head against a wall until it turns into a door. And normally that's not that's not actually how the world works. You just have to make it the world work that way. Uh, you have to do the impossible and just not know that it's impossible. And so, you know, whatever path you're going to find, it's going to be yours and it's going to be unique to that project and that that company. And 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 it's going to be remarkable because you just turned a wall into a door. This life is a treasure map, 100 percent. I I love to ask and I'm going to actually answer it first based on what we were just talking about. I love to ask who is an L.A. tech person or company you've come across lately who's really impressed you. And I want to give a shout out to you know, Daryl, um, who is in Singapore, but he was in LA and flew here and he made, you know, he inspired the coffee series, which now we have the summer series. So follow Daryl on Twitter, Daryl Lim WD. That's Daryl Lim L I M W D. Just message me at We Are LA Tech on Twitter if you can't find it. But it's because of him that, you know, I, I'm still going strong. So who is a person that you've come across um recently? Uh, based in LA in the tech space that's really impressed you or a company? Well, someone who has really impressed me is uh, Frances Tang. She's the founder of a company called Awkward Essentials. Uh, they make um, they make exactly what it sounds like, Awkward Essentials. <laughs> so their first, uh, their first product was basically a cum sponge. What? Uh, oh my God, I can't. Like a, I am blushing. This is sex tech. Um, so it was, you know, if you if you are someone who is not like it doesn't feel comfortable to you to have bodily fluids that are not your own inside of yourself after sex, you can it was a sponge to clean yourself out if you wanted. Not because you're dirty, not because that's a bad thing, just because you don't like it. This was a thing that she wanted in the world and she made happen. And now they also like they have this great little foldable cardboard funnel basically for women when you go camping because it's when you're a woman and you're camping you you are constantly peeing on the hem of your pants like it's just it's a thing like it's not that easy to crouch down and not pee on your pants and there's like a little funnel to like make it easier and she does all these awkward weird crazy things and I'm hosting a mixer in a couple of weeks for LA Tech Week and I reached out to her and was like hey can I have some product for our gift bags and she was like of course I'm sending you boxes of things and that was just, I mean, that happened yesterday and it was remarkable. And she, I mean, she is several years farther along on her path and I'm amazed at what she's been able to build in sex tech. And it was just a really wonderful thing to ha to be a, to be a founder earlier on the path to reach out and have her say, of course, I'm going to try and come to your party if I can, but no matter what, I'm sending you some like fun and awkward samples to put in gift bags for everybody who shows up. And let's talk about LA Tech Week. Let's talk about your meetup and let's talk let's let's chat LA Tech Week. It would it it wouldn't be right to conclude this podcast without discussing LA Tech Week. So tell us about both LA Tech Week and your meetup. Well, so LA Tech Week is I mean, it is August 15 to 21 and it is a whole series of gosh, I think it's probably more than 100 now of events being organized by incredible people all over the city and being sort of meta organized in large part by Katya Mary over at Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z. And um, 
just all kinds of things profiling Los Angeles and tech, every industry, every aspect, every kind of piece of the puzzle, you know, every role there's there's event for you. And they're happening all around, but mostly the west side of the city. And one of the things that I would love I really wanted to see happening because I would love to build our community is sexuality and intimacy tech. So there are remarkable things happening in sexual wellness, in safety, in, you know, uh, STDs, in connection and intimacy, in toys, all kinds of innovations happening in LA and LA's ecosystem. And so I'm hosting a mixer on Wednesday, the 17th of August. I'm hoping hosting a happy hour for the sex tech community to come out and get to know each other and get to know itself. I'm a founder, and so when I say hosting, I mean I am organizing an event that has a cash bar. <laughs> so please come and pay for your own cocktails. <laughs> and where can we find out more? Uh, so on LA Tech Week, there is a a sign up to get access to their whole spreadsheet with all of the events and what's open for RSVPs and all that. We're listed there. But also, honestly, I have been posting about it. So if anyone's following at Amorous app or at Elizabeth Dell on Twitter, you will find um, the, the link to RSVP in many of my tweets. So you can just grab it there and uh, submit in. Let me know. There's a question that's optional. That's what's your connection to sex tech? But I encourage everyone to answer because that's how I know who I should be saying yes to and who and how I my my help can also help me approve all the RSVPs and we know who's coming. Amazing. Elizabeth, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at wearelatech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Elizabeth Dell, founder of Amorous, the romance intimacy app for couples out of Koreatown, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.